And when Jesus arrives at this wedding, these six stone jars are empty. And um, they were created, they were made for a purpose. And that purpose was to be uh, to hold water. And they were to hold water because they were there and to be used for ceremonial washing. So they were actually really important. But when Jesus gets to this wedding, uh, they're empty. They can't actually fulfill the purpose which they were designed for uh, because they have no water. They're not actually holding any water. And you know, um, I think about these stone jars and I think that us human beings are like these six stone jars. As a Christian, I believe that every single person on this planet has been made with a really noble purpose. And that noble purpose is that we're to be in relationship with God. To have his goodness back into his world. It's a really noble purpose that he's made human beings for. But you know, if we choose to live life without acknowledging God, then we become like these empty jars. We're unable to actually fulfill our purpose. But you know, there's good news. The good news is that these stone jars don't remain empty. Jesus comes along. Jesus comes along and he's in, been invited to help. There's a problem. Jesus, can you help? And he starts solving the problem by first of all instructing the servants to fill these six stone jars with water. And they do. And they fill these stone jars to the brim, right to the top, full of water. Suddenly, because Jesus has been invited to come in, these stone jars are then able to fulfill the purpose. They're now full of water. They can be used for ceremonial washing once again. And you know, that's a little bit like us again. You know, if we live our lives without Jesus, we're a little bit like these empty stone jars. But once we invite Jesus into our lives, he then fills us. These are, what, these are Jesus' words, and this is what he says in John chapter 7. He says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus is saying that when we come to him, when we invite him into our lives, he fills us, and I love this, this um, analogy he uses, he fills us with rivers of flowing water, just like he asked those stone jars to be filled with water right to the brim. And we don't just get a little bit of the Holy Spirit, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so suddenly we're filled with the one person who can enable us to fulfill our potential. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with God. We suddenly have everything that we need to be able to fulfill our purpose. But the story doesn't finish there. Because the water inside the jars doesn't remain water. The water inside the jars tasting wine. In fact, the master of the ceremony says, 
It's the best tasting wine of that evening so far. It's sweet tasting wine. And you know, as we spend time with Jesus, as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in our internal transformation, something amazing begins to happen. And that is that our lives become to others like sweet-tasting wine. And I want to give you an example of how that worked in my life. Before I became a Christian, I had a friend of mine, a really good friend called Mark. And we both weren't Christians. In fact, we met in a gym. And uh, we were training partners, we were friends, we hung out all of the time. But he had a personal crisis and he went and he left the UK and went to live in Australia. And he stayed there for six years and we completely lost touch. And then with another group of friends, um, after about six years, I went out to Australia and I took Mark's address and Mark's telephone number because he'd found himself uh, living in Melbourne. So I was up in Cairns, which is northeast Australia, and Melbourne's way down here. And um, I was quite tired, and I decided I would ring up my friend, and I went into his house. The first thing that he told me was that he'd become a Christian whilst he'd been in Melbourne. And it wasn't what he said which really, um, which, which I grasped onto. It was that I could physically see a change in my friend. It was the same old Mark, but he was different. And the difference was that he kind of oozed peace. His life was a bit all over the place, but yet he had this peace. I could see it. I could recognize it. And I wanted it. I wanted what he had. Now, for me, it wasn't until months later when I went back to the UK that I suddenly realized what Mark had. He had this person called Jesus who was giving him this peace. And so I went on a journey. I went and searched for. I started going to church and I found this person, this Jesus that my friend Mark had been telling me about. And in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, I found the peace that Mark had. Mark's life to me had become like sweet tasting wine. I saw in him something that I wanted. I wanted that change for myself. I wanted to be like Mark. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you there's a lie that the devil tries to peddle to all of us. And the lie is that the world doesn't want what we have. But it's a complete lie. The world yearns for what we have. It's just that they don't have a vocabulary for it. And they often don't see it. And that's why it's so important that us as Christians live our genuine Christian, faith-filled lives in front of everyone so that our lives may become to other people like sweet-tasting wine. Something that they want. Something that they go and search for. Something that they find in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I have a challenge for us this week. We've all heard that Jesus was kind in our story. He was amazingly kind. And um, as I said before, because I'm a Christian, we're all Christians, we all want to be like Jesus, don't we? We all want to be like Jesus, don't we? Excellent. 
So if Jesus is kind, that means we need to be kind. So I'm going to set a challenge for us all, and a challenge for me. And the challenge is twofold. First of all, the first thing that I'd like us all to do is to pray every day that Jesus would help to be more compassionate. I want us to pray that Jesus would do that. I need to be more kind. And then the second thing is that then I want us to put into practice the art of kindness. I don't want us to try really hard to be kind. I'm going to try really hard. I don't want us to try really hard to be kind. I want us to practice being kind with the people that we meet and the people that are around us. I want us to practice the art of kindness. And then I want us to look out for opportunities to perform acts of random kindness. It's called ARC. Everybody say ARC. Let's say it a bit louder. One, two, three. ARC. Excellent. Acts of random kindness. I want us to look out for opportunities where we can do that to other people. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a person who is at least kind. At least kind. And if we're able to be kind and consistently be kind, but we'll start with this week, but consistently be kind, then our lives will become to others like sweet tasting wine. Other people will see our kindness and will say, there's something of Jesus, the one who makes us kind. Let's just pray.